all know, right depressing guys we're super yeah. fucking depressing <laughs> so, um, yikes what's next Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing and now you're trying to feed him your body Thou fluid. shalt kill all of your Everybody's and a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to bubble you, but you can pretend like you will. A dog. Wow. Queen when of our hearts, London, Hello, everyone, and welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Hiya. This is the conclusion of our two-part series on Princess Diana Aquinas. Diana, Princess of Wales. The princess of multicolored blazers. Super excited to get into this episode. However, it was really nice last episode that we just didn't have to actually discuss any murdering yet. It was yeah. a really nice little change. It was refreshing. <laughs> it You're was so right. Like, I know that's I like know. literally the point of what we do is to talk about something. It was nice just to. I'm genuinely dreading this part. Yeah, it's right, bad. Right now. But spoiler alert, like it's it. bad. So when we last <laughs> left off, Diana and Charles had just formally separated. And now we're going to get into to the divorce first thing that i noticed in looking up the divorce is that when they told the house of commons i never knew this when they told the house of commons they said charles and diana would never fully divorce so they brought the separation to the house of commons and said we're formally separating but we will not divorce and diana will still become the queen if charles ascends the throne that was part part of the agreement but Charles is the one who wanted the damn divorce. So Charles, and then Charles asks for it. Yeah. Which is crazy because it seems like they were trying to minimize like panic in the public. Right. Of course. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And she was starting to, she was still performing her Royal duties and she was doing all these things. And again, it just takes me back to the first episode and like Charles is raging jealousy because here she is still doing amazing, even though they have this public announced scrutinized by the media like separation but Mm -hmm. she's still just balling it up g like the g that she was like just doing so well people are requesting her presence all over the place everywhere all events they want her they don't really give two shits about charles at all but yeah so he uh, then he asks her for the divorce right and then the queen So I find this to be really interesting because it seems like they have an agreement at the beginning to not do press. Then in 1994, Charles is doing a documentary and he admits to his relationship. So he tells the filmmaker that he had an adulterous relationship during his marriage to Diana, only because as he says, quote, and we will not do his voice, (laughs) it was irretrievably broken down his marriage irretrievably broken down 
how embarrassing is that? She's agreed to this arrangement. She's doing whatever she's supposed to do to still be able to see William and Harry. And then he, after they've agreed, no press, not doing it. Don't discuss the separation or the marriage. He says that. Yeah. Just admits to it. And he doesn't say who, obviously, because he never says who. Exactly. Everybody knows. And the queen was not happy about this. No, because it no. prompted Diana to do an interview. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, so that night she went out like looking stunning as hell in a black, amazing dress. And the, the revenge dress. dress. It the is revenge the dress. dress. It is the dress. Oh my God. I put me in it, please. please. The exact replica. It's stunning. Then she does the panorama interview in November yeah. of 95. She, that's where she says, just like Katie said last episode, that's where she says there were three of us in the marriage. So it was a bit crowded. And she openly questions whether Charles should ever be the king of England. Yeah, that's a big deal. It's a really really big deal. deal. And like, it seems so tame given like what happens on social media and stuff now and the way that people like really come for each other. She's questioning his fitness. Mm -hmm. Quite frankly. Like, I mean, she's not the only one. No, she was the only one with the balls to do it. Yeah, and she definitely hit him where it hurts and hit the royal family where it hurts because the queen- immediately is in favor of the marriage ending after right. that interview she's right. like nope gone too far yeah but that's where the family starts to get the fan royal fam yeah. is starting to get pissed right like it's like almost like you start to see them start to simmer in the as much as they would show because they're not they don't want to show shit when did fergie and prince andrew get divorced what year was it? oh may 1996 Ooh, so, that's juicy. Yeah, right around the time. Also not happy about it, but like they don't give as much of a shit because he's not going to be king. They just really are starting, we're starting to realize that like they were going to have to make some changes because like this just was not working. But it's so hypocritical for them all of a sudden to be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to allow divorce now. Like, right. do you know how many marriages you fucked up prior to this probably because of this? Like, totally. This is the royal family right but this is also like a lot of churches now they get to this point where it's too popular it affects too many people that they have to change the whole structure and then you look back at the whole situation with elizabeth's father and his brother and it's like wouldn't that have been more useful when the guy literally walked away from the crown like that wasn't enough of a gesture it seems like it's a day late and a dollar short you know what I mean? Definitely. 100%. But Diana Lee didn't, you know, she got free. She got free of him, which is pretty good, mm-hmm. which is what she wanted, even though she said like the divorce was kind of like hell, essentially, because it was, you know, I wouldn't want to be fighting the royal, the firm myself. Right. You know what I mean? Of course not. They did six months of negotiations. Like yeah. that and must have been intense. And I don't totally. think she fully, fully wanted it either. I think there was a part of her that just wanted to at least try to make it work for the kids is right. what she was so freaking afraid of. Because she was I afraid she wasn't going to be able to see them. They were already staying with Charles more in a yeah. lot of time. But they did technically get split custody. Yeah, 50-50. Yes, yes, they did. Regardless of the divorce, you know, any any 
co-parent situation. They're obviously going to have to be on the royal family side more often because your son is literally going to be king one day. This isn't like you can have 75%. Like that's just not feasible. Yeah, he can't not be with his dad at least, at least at the bare minimum half of the time. Exactly. Because it would seem, it would look totally improper. Again, with this fucking how it looks. Well, and also they don't don't like the opposite gender child to spend more time with the opposite gender parent. Like William and Kate, for instance. Obviously, Kate is mother to all three of her kids. She has a boy, two boys and a girl, right? But when push comes to shove, William is the main go-to for Prince George and Prince Louis. And Kate spends more time with Princess Charlotte because they want the same gendered parent to influence the same gendered child more than the other. Yes. Even though they're equally parenting and they actually have a very active role in their kids' lives compared to like previous royalty. You know what I mean? Like Kate isn't going to go around holding George's hand down the street. It's going to be William. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's astounding to me that they got 50-50%. I mean, she really had power in the situation because she's already, she did with one interview, put them in into a spiral, a panic totally. by just totally saying, sure. you know, I don't think he's fit to be king. Like what? I mean, so much ha- so that come they out were like, and say that. They were like, divorce. Let's yeah. get, let's get they her out. knew what she was saying. Time yeah. to get her out. But she got a substantial financial settlement, which basically would equal to like a million, a million dollars. Thousand pounds or something. With like, like ex- yeah. with like the extras, it would equal a million per year, essentially. Okay. And but she, she lost got the key. Her title. Well, she technically lost her title. She lost her her HRH. royal highness title, right? Right. But she still would be Diana, Princess of Wales, forever, because she is the mother to the heir to the throne. <sighs> But she's not officially Princess Diana because she wasn't born into the royalty. She has to be Diana, comma, Princess of whatever. Nobody cares about that except for me. But (laughs) are we going to talk about the peerage and the gentry, Carly? Oh my God. The peerage and the gentry and the, I, the, I'm listen. trying to think of the order. Viscount, Earl. I Dude, can't remember. It's bad. I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. I know all that now. I could it's go great. so further into it. it. So bad. Either way, they got divorced. She got, she got to keep her house or Kensington apartments, which is pretty nice. She didn't have to move. She didn't have to worry about that. She got her settlement. She still is doing a bunch of events. And the marriage is totally over by September of 1996, dissolved. I thought now would be a good time to talk about Diana the humanitarian because it's been going on this whole time but you really see it in focus after the divorce like the Mm -hmm. the press really hones in on what a humanitarian she is yeah after that which is interesting to me because they could have gone complete opposite way right so easily so yeah she was a member and a patron of over 100 individual charities which is just unbelievable to think about yeah it is she opened the landmark aid center in carly how do you pronounce this t-u-l-s-e tulsi Tulsi. So she opened the Landmark AIDS Center in Tulsi Hill, London, and that offered treatment for HIV and AIDS patients. And she starts spending more and more time in South Africa because the AIDS epidemic is raging at that point. And there's several children affected. We're going to see this over and over again. All the charities basically share the same thing. They basically all serve kids. She could not bring herself to ignore the kids specifically that were affected by the AIDS epidemic. And she meets Nelson Mandela 
1997. She was focused on removing the stigma, dispelling the myths around AIDS, right? So we were born in the 80s. Like, I don't think we really saw the AIDS epidemic Mm. like at its height. And in our country, we were under Ronald Reagan. So he was just ignoring AIDS entirely and dismissing it as a quote unquote gay disease. Right. So we just didn't get the coverage of it. And Diana could not deal with the homosexual stigma associated with AIDS. She did everything that she could to just educate. So part of the charities that she worked with, helping children in South Africa who are affected by AIDS. Others were trying to educate the public. This is not a gay disease. Anyone can have this. It's an epidemic. It's killing hundreds of thousands of people. Like it's real. It's just so funny to talk about now, Quinnies, because it's just like, we still have to convince people that it's real. I know. What are we There's making it lot. up for our There's health? Just a lot, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was also super into war-torn areas affected by landmines because they greatly affected children who lived in areas where wars were fought, Cambodia, Vietnam. She worked with the Halo Trust. Now Harry works for the Halo Trust. And walking the street that was a bit, that was the field where she was walking and with the yeah. landmines. Oh my god! Apparently, the royal that upset the royal family that she did that. That they quoted that she was reckless. Mm-hmm. For or um, that she was being reckless for walking through the through the fields when she was just trying to like fully make people understand and she's realize that it was so real. There. She's yeah. like, if I yeah. go here, then people will cover this. See like it. people and will also, talk about it. Exactly. And just like you said, Quinny, and this is why she's the people's princess. Like this, st- that stigma with AIDS, like you mentioned, like she would go and hug these people to make people realize that you do- you're not going to get sick Without from gloves. having calm contact with these people and people were shocked by that and completely taken aback by the fact that someone would do that they were offended like the kids are on their on her lap she's cuddling them like with the um leprosy mission very similar to the aids mission people really another myth is that you can contract leprosy through touch she's holding these kids and people are like what are you doing Mm -hmm. yep you're right she's actively dispelling it being like that is not true there's no there's no scientific basis to that it's an amazing way to educate people by just using your your own reputation to just say show up somewhere and you know the press are going to come and she's I mean imagine what she could do for missing people I know and she championed fighting homelessness and poverty especially you guessed it Quinny's for homeless and impoverished children. She worked with Centerpoint, which is a UK charity to provide housing and support for homeless adolescents. She also pioneered the conversation about how mental health influences the likelihood of homelessness. And she often said publicly that the way to end homelessness is to prioritize mental health in our national healthcare system. Which is Boom. what Prince William and Kate are now championing. Are now doing. Yeah so ahead of her time trail amazing this is very controversial the royal family is seeing this even though she's not attached it's very controversial and there's definitely this is a high stakes situation they're watching what she's doing and not necessarily liking it well not only that but she on her off days are she's bringing prince harry and prince william 
her son so she can do what she wants with them, right? Mm -hmm. She's bringing them to hospitals, homeless shelters, orphanages to show them and make sure that they have an understanding of like people's emotions, insecurities, their distress, like how everything works in the real world. Mm -hmm. And while that's fantastic way to show your sons, let alone the future leaders of that country, right? Yeah. She's also bringing the future heir to the throne to these places. And that's not what they want her to do. In the public. With the public. Very much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. She doesn't give a fuck. No, it's not give a fuck at all. And that is something that she knows that that they can't stop her from doing it. Right. And that's something that makes her so much more of an idol, like to so many people and so strong and independent of of a beautiful soul of a woman because she was able to look at because they did have her for that. Like, look at what she did do to them and how they have grown up and like think about I don't know how different things would be if they didn't have that influence she inspired both of them to follow 100 charities that they care about now to the same mm-hmm. like they've said like absolutely it was her it was her doing yeah I read that she went to one cancer event cancer charity event and alone in one evening she raised over a million dollars boom oh, done. Yeah. because also she's all not only is she the princess and she's famous and she's all of these things and she's an icon and she like all of these things she's so approachable yes and charismatic in a way that just makes people want to be around her want to listen to her and a contagious smile yeah and also Mm -hmm. she was starting to like drift to farther away from England because they just were so disapproving of her and so she like very also built a lot of relationships in America yeah she like starts having all these friends and like going with people in America because they understood her better and supported her more than most people in her own fucking home. I know. It's so terrible. And we love divorce in America. We do. It's so scandalous. (laughs) So Also, we like to talk about things more than the British do. So Our emotions, we like to spill the tea, as it were. Carly, is she she dating? Oh, she's Is she getting back into it? Because revenge dress. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Also, we have to mention how much like she steps up the fashion game even more at this point too. Like it is unbelievable. My favorite thing is all of the events and everything like her fashion is just A++, right? She looks like a million pounds every time. Top of the game. Million dollars. Top of the game. But then when she's on her off days, she's like, whatever, oversized sweatshirt motorcycle shorts like and still puffy uh, like high top socks with the sneakers I'm like love it love Love it she's She's like I am off duty a plus I can't but she's so she's dating so at first technically while she's still married to Charles but they're formally separated she starts she has a romantic involvement with this surgeon named has not con in 1995 she's gone even so far as to meet his parents he has met prince william prince harry like they're pretty into each other 
I could not find out what actually happened to that relationship, but either way, it doesn't work out. The divorce is then finalized. Diana would enter into a relationship with a man named Dodie Alfayed. Dodie, oh, man. God. Fucking Dodie. You know, you, like, you know he had to be a good time. He was born in Alexandria, Egypt in 1955. He was the eldest son of the Egyptian billionaire Muhammad Al-Fayed. There were five children. He was the eldest. Dodie's father was the owner of Harrods, which was an upscale department store in London's Knightsbridge neighborhood. And he also owned the Ritz Hotel in Paris. He also owned England's Fulham Football Club. Also, come to find out, he ended up owning the Windsor House. This is so juicy to me. <laughs> the Windsor House that the, the king lived in with his homegirl, with his homegirl American actress. And oh, Dodie and Diana stayed uh, in Edwards. that house. Yeah, Edward and Wallace. Edward okay. and Wallace's. And Dodie and Diana stayed in the motherfucker together, okay? Dodie grew up with a really glamorous child. Apparently, he was like a player. Growing up, he had a lot of lady friends. He's a film producer. He had famous films, including The Chariots of Fire, which won a Best Picture Oscar. He was always in private jets, always going places, traveling. He was married once, got divorced after eight months. He was known for dating a bunch of celebrities, including Brooke Shields, Julia Roberts, Winona Ryder. So he's like seeing- You see what I'm saying? He must have been a lot of fun. Totally. Now, apparently, they met for the first time in the 80s when Diana was actually still with Charles and they met at a polo match polo. where Camilla and yeah. Charles actually met as well so that's ironic but nothing came of the relationship at the time they just they were both you know with other people and they just met casually and that was the first time they ever met right and then all these years later Muhammad invites Diana and her two sons, William and Harry, out to their southern, their house in southern France to go be on a yacht for the summer and just live the, that your best rich billionaire life, right? And Diana's like, not going to pass this up. So she does take the boys out there. They go out there. They stay for a little while, live the life. Okay, she gets to know the family. Then she is spotted some months later out there again, like towards the end of the summer. And this is where the paparazzi, and now, and so I think this is a good time to mention too. This is where the paparazzi really starts to like, just a little bit prior to these relationships that she's having with this man is when the paparazzi really is starting to harass her. I mean, she's she can't get on a plane without press. She can't drive in a car with a friend without press. So this is a real thing. So she gets spotted on, a yacht and they're being very intimate and they're in bathing suits and they look so happy and they're she's on, on yacht, the front page. She looks incredible. Whatever oh, that so whole uh, two-piece that she yes. I'm just, I'm dead. I'm like, can we, can I'm I get dead. that? I think that her feelings were a little bit stronger than people even like to portray to. A lot of people say that she didn't. Her bodyguard said that she he didn't think she was going to be with him much longer. That's up for speculation. You can't yeah. say how someone feels I'm sorry, but you just can't. So I don't think anyone will ever really know that. That June that of that summer, she auctions off old, all of her old gowns for charity. She rakes in $3.25 million for 79 dresses to benefit five AIDS and cancer-related charities. Okay, so she's literally shedding oh, all of her Charles-era shit and racking up the dough and then just giving it all away. What interestingly, a What a purge that was. Oh, absolutely. Her, huh? And interestingly enough, she would say that her and Charles were on the best terms that they'd been in in a long, long time. But like Quinny said, she's 
on the yacht. She's in the coral bikini. She's doing great. The relationship of her and Dodie is everywhere, all over the press. Tabloids are, I mean, there's like a new story every single day and there's like nothing to actually report and they just find any little tiny little thing obsessively. I think it's funny that they really didn't get too obsessive over her relationship with a surgeon. Okay. During her separation, like most people don't even know about him, but they obviously they know about Dodie because it's the end, you know, the Mm -hmm. end event. But even just during the time, the two of them all over the place, the tabloids would claim that the Royal family disapproved of the relationship between Diana and Dodie. Disapproves everything, no matter what. But they would quote, call him a rebound. Which he wasn't even, because technically you would say that it has not with the rebound. And she had a couple of gentlemen, <laughs> she had a quite a few gentlemen callers. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, she's entitled to that shit. We are yeah. getting to the day. The day. Oh the God, day. do we have to be? The know. infamous day. We're just going to talk about it. <sighs> We're going to get real basic with it. Diana and Dodie, right, are vacationing in the French Riviera. This is the yacht pictures mm-hmm. that Quinny is talking about. They're out in Southern France. You know, we're getting tabloid images of them daily. And they actually arrive in Paris on August 30th of 1997. They go to the Ritz in Paris, right? Because Dodi owns it. Muhammad owns it. Unbelievable. Yeah, his family, his dad owns it. And they stay there until after midnight because they do want to go to Dodi's apartment, right? Which is basically on the other side of Paris, but they do not want to be followed. If they can help it. Because there's a lot of speculation about why. Because she was basically followed everywhere. But for whatever reason, they did. So a little after midnight, they emerge from the Ritz. And immediately, they're caught. They're noticed. Immediately. They must have been tipped off. And they get into the car. They have a driver. So it's Dodie. And I believe there was the bodyguard, Dodie, Diana, and the driver. It was Mm -hmm. all four that were in the car. The driver pulls away and is immediately tailed by paparazzi on motorcycles. And the driver starts to speed up. And so the motorcycles start to speed up. And And speeding, speeding. He's speeding, like really speeding, fast. like getting onto the what would be the equivalent of a 45 mile an hour road here mm-hmm. and like pushing triple digits. Mm-hmm. So they're fast trying to get away from them. The driver's doing everything he can to get away from them, but they're tailing what was later determined to be far too close to the car. They're only in the car for a few minutes. The driver loses control of the vehicle and crashes head on into a pillar at the entrance of the Pont d'Alma tunnel. I'm really sorry to all of our French listeners. I will do better next time. (laughs) But they crash into a pillar out on the outside of a tunnel, right? So think about this. We've all seen this. It's that like massive opening, concrete basically opening that they crash into. It's a very bad crash and the driver and Dodie are pronounced dead at the scene immediately killed in the crash. Diana was brought to the hospital. The bodyguard was also injured. He had critical injuries, but he was not fatally wounded. He lived. Diana was brought to the hospital. So she was not pronounced dead at the scene. And for a moment, they thought they got her to the hospital. So they must've thought that they could save her, but she was declared dead at 6 a.m. They notified Charles and the royal family and Charles, Diana's sisters, and a few other members of the royal family went to Paris that morning. They're in Paris immediately. I mean, as soon as they're notified, they take off and they collectively bring her body back to London for the funeral. Probably the last people that she wanted to see. So her funeral's in London on September 6th, watched by 2 billion people. I mean, we're going to get into the actual aftermath of all of this, but this was unbelievably huge 
event in history. Just uh, unprecedented. (sighs) So I definitely remember the day, obviously, was a very sunny summer day. I was outside playing in the front yard or whatever, just hanging out. My mom was outside. We just like to sit and read outside, like just in the middle of the yard. Like it's just a thing that we we like to do. You guys are just so British. It's not even funny. It's just amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. So I was like sitting there reading. I might have been reading or just playing or whatever. And my grandmother, who is from England, had come over. I just I just remember my grandmother and my mom sobbing, bawling their eyes out in the front yard. Like I'm not talking like, oh, it's so sad and like tears. I'm talking like one of our family members just died unexpectedly. So I knew who Princess Diana was. Obviously, I knew they told me what happened. I don't recall crying necessarily, but I was definitely like shook about how much it was affecting my mother and my grandmother for sure. And honestly, it took a while for them to calm it all down. I mean, still to this day, my grandmother has the commemorative plates. Her and my, when my grandfather was alive in their condo um, that they lived in, she had a huge poster of Princess Diana with the lovers, not tiara in the white with the lyrics of the Elton John song. Wow. So the funeral, five days later, right? Which we all know, we've all seen the pictures of Prince William and Prince Harry walking behind their mother's chest. It was the worst thing ever. Truly the worst. Harry would later say, like in his adult years, that it was the worst thing he's ever had to do. And I think William said the same thing. He wished he never had to do that, but Charles made the executive decision. Wow. Front and center. Front and center. center. Next to Diana's brother as well. Sir Elton John would perform a version of his classic song, Candle in the Wind, which he had originally written for Marilyn Monroe, but would change the lyrics a little bit with his songwriting partner to reflect on the life and death of Diana. Literally, the ver- the recording of that version of the song has become like the most successful pop single in history. I'm sure. Okay. I remember the cassette. Absolutely. With yeah. the little rose on the front. It sold more than 30 million copies. It's a, you know, it's a tearjerker. It'll get you, whether you like Elton John or not. Yeah. What's the royal family thinking? at this at this time are they being like super cool and inclusive about it or well they did not necessarily react the way that my mother and grandmother reacted no tears huh not not necessarily like the brits are known for a stiff upper lip but damn the public finds out the entire country is in mourning the public is in mourning unheard of national grief and the royal family are caught off guard by this and they would eventually they like didn't expect it like okay sure okay why She's literally called the people's princess. Why would you not think whatever? So that is the reason why her funeral was televised the way that it was. But behind the scenes, according to a witness, not sure exactly who, butlers or whatever, that was present when the queen first heard the news, the queen said... Someone must have greased the brakes. And this witness was horrified, obviously, by her reaction, but ultimately would chalk it up to like the queen just being in shock. We've said this many times, right? Like grief affects people differently. That's a very specific jump. Isn't it though? Mm -hmm. It's a little bit much. So not only is that like her first reaction, the queen would then be criticized by the public for not leaving her holiday retreat at Balmoral Palace in Scotland and returning to London immediately, which like she should have, right? She didn't. She stayed their holiday retreat and the public wanted to know why the flag before Buckingham Palace was not set at half mast. I will tell you that flag has been set at half mast for much less. And also not to mention everything else that she had already been through. You can't just have the decency to do that for her. No. And that's a thing with the queen, right? It's like she doesn't show up. She doesn't make an appearance. You come to the queen. 
Yes. Like she doesn't right. go and make an appearance and like she very much stands on ceremony with that. But yeah. this and is a national tragedy. And what about her grandsons? Exactly. You know, I don't know. I don't know how that really went down. I do know that they waited to tell them till they woke up the next morning. Yeah. How do you argue that? It was, it them, was you know, I'm sure it was an immediate struggle for them. Yeah. Because now they're, they're a house divided completely. Right. Now it's like everybody was already saying backhanded things about their mom. And you know, that they were internalizing that oh for sure and now she's passed and now it's like just even more in the shadows like they're just being even more shady about it it's just it's terrible for those kids well some would have said that starting with separation and then obviously into the divorce the relationship with the boys and diana changed they're saying that diana was so emotional behind closed doors that it made william more stressed and whatever whatever like okay oh yeah because she was a frantic woman probably and so they didn't want that influence around the boys right yeah I mean, like they're making her to be like history. an hysterical woman you know what i mean right. like no yeah. one with feelings is allowed have around a history of doing right. i mean exactly like oh you're just a crazy woman who's Wait, being, it still oh, happens go on a I field know. and walk in a field of landmines you yeah. crazy outlandish woman how especially you? in britain when emotions are not they're not displayed it. well to help matters their father charles oh he always knows what to say <laughs> he obviously knows the right thing to say, right? At all times. He says the first question out of his mouth when he finds out was, they're all going to blame me, aren't they? I think that might have been the most intuitive thing he's ever said in his entire life. First of all, that's the first thing you have to say. Second of all, me, me, yeah, me, we probably me, are going to blame you, dude. Me, me. We probably are going to blame you, dude. Yeah. It's always about Charles. It always has been about he Charles. He then says, we're going to see a reaction that we've never seen before. And it could destroy everything. It could destroy the monarchy. And the secretary, his secretary, Stephen Lamport says, yes, sir, I think it could. It's going to be very difficult for your mother, sir. Do you think it might be difficult for your two sons, possibly? Yeah, no mention. Absolutely no mention. No, there's, I mean, no, there's barely any consideration no. for these boys. But in the meantime, the royal family, this is how they're acting, right? The queen isn't really doing much. Like, honestly, them televising the funeral is like daily in a dollar short. Yep. In the meantime, London London is absolutely devastated. Mourners are encircling Buckingham Palace daily. Flowers, shrines, Kensington Palace. I went, I think the following year and we went there and there were still thousands of teddy bears, cards, photos, flowers, like everything in front of the gates at Kensington Palace. But yeah, Diana would be buried on a small island surrounded by a lake at Althorpe, her family's ancestral estate. And that's where she rests. So where were you, Quinny's, when you found out? Uh, my mother was completely devastated. My mother I, my mother and my Aunt Bridget, my mom's sister, really, really idolized her. And it's very funny because my grandmother, my mom's mom, was Irish. And she, absolutely no offense, Quinny, but this is, I guess, the way our grandparents could be back then. My grandmother was Irish and she hated the English. Yep, that's a thing. She hated that. That's absolutely a thing. She completely hated them and she is known for saying the goddamn English. My mother and my aunt really particularly loved Diana because Eileen, my grandmother, was like, okay, well, Diana's okay because she's not a royal. <laughs> right. And yeah, she was because like she gave one, him the she finger. 
this one British woman that my grandmother actually thought was a good person. And see, this is so funny. This is, again, what shows you how so many people all over the world just, like, attach to this woman. My mom had a very similar haircut. My Aunt Bridget used my to always tell <laughs> my mom, my Aunt Bridget used to always tell my mom that she reminded her of Princess Diana a lot. And I, looking back at old pictures of my mom, can totally see, like, why. Yeah, you can totally oh, see yeah. it. They have a big, the sm- same similar really big straight beautiful smile and like my mom had that short ice blonde hair and mm-hmm. but your mom eyes. also has that pout yeah that like yeah. that look of like I'm smiling but I'm not that Diana yes. does I, they have the same <laughs> yeah, look. Like, it's like I'm timeless. smiling but I'm mad on the inside yeah love 100%. it 100 I knew who Diana was 100 I thought she was so cool she was the mother of these two princes that I just thought were the coolest thing she was a fashion icon to me already at that age by the age of 11 I already thought she was cool I already loved her outfits I thought their mom was so cool and I literally just trailed those boys like I literally trail and I knew everything about them and I knew what they were doing and where they were and I had books and I had posters of them on my wall I was obsessed same here they were hot shit obviously I feel like they never got to grieve properly Charles was very hard on them Charles and Philip like really had that kind of hard outer shell where you have to be the man and we did see them both start to really struggle like you said William had his partying phase Harry later has his some some few years later and Harry's actually becomes a little bit more destructive when he's we all remember this like very well because this was us growing up like totally and so these were the front of the pages like Harry doing this at a party drunk and obnoxious just he had a little bit of a temper and an anger problem and he was caught raging out a few times I remember one article that was like or like a picture that was like Prince Harry emerges from a club in on London West End soaking wet in the picture of him. Looked like somebody just dumped a huge bucket of water yep. over his head. Yep. He just walked out, and you're like, "What are you doing, dude? Like, like what is your life?" But he right was just now. like raging. But he was For a sure. dirt. He was the dirty little rascal. Is what they would call him. Oh yeah, but he like, was like the black sheep. Okay, he so was. this is what I think that he had in common with his mother too. And yes. I. And so we're gonna get into this a lot. But it's very interesting that in a lot of ways Harry became kind of the outcast of the family in some ways right off the bat. William at this time, he's studying history at Scotland University of St. Andrews and he meets Kate Middleton. They had a little romance. At first they kept quiet about their romance. They know that any relationship they get into is going to be scrutinized. They are the royalty so they can't just date anyone and whoever like dates them has to be aware of like what they're getting into. That aside, they come from a broken home and like look what happened to their poor mother. So they actually split up for a little while. So then the follow year they reconcile soon later announce their engagement so he marries her now this is so wonderful he actually proposes to her with oh i can barely even talk about it it kills me he gives her his mother's ring right off the bat i have to mention too that she was immediately like scrutinized in the media they totally did a whole background check on the girl they 
they found all of her dirty secrets and said she did this, but they got through it. Well, quitting, and they also would tell the media to back the fuck off. Yeah. Always had this struggle with the media and the paparazzi because of their mother. It's like, understandable. Forever. Yeah. So Harry meets Megan. Don't forget, Harry had two girlfriends prior. Oh, yeah. He was Meg. a player. Okay. He was, he a, was player. a player. But he, he has two still... girlfriends. He no, he just. He was not. Listen, he just was takes <laughs> over. Dodie was a player. Well, he's the more he's more like Diana 100%. While William looks more like Diana, he is Charles. But before Meg came Chelsea Davy, his girlfriend a long time, who yeah, they were just like two little partiers having a grand old time, but she didn't want that life, so they broke up. And then he dated Cressida for a little while, who I think was a model, like these blonde long blonde haired blue eyed girls <clears throat> unfortunately it was not me but it's okay <laughs> regardless even though they didn't end up together he would be very protective of them as well just like William was with Kate like mm. with the media did not want them to be bombarded with the paparazzi like he actually meets Megan Markle and who we she was an actress she's an actor famous actress mm-hmm. And she's doing the damn thing. Amazing, beautiful, independent woman. Some friends actually hooked them up on a blind date. She said that she did. Okay, this is kind of strange to me that she says that she didn't know too much about him. No, I agree. Like she Um, must have known more than she said, but she also didn't really know him she just knew more of what the media portrayed then she starts accompanying him on trips it was kind of like a whirlwind romance yeah and we really watched it to unfold yeah. like pretty quickly and he really didn't fuck around with the media with megan no it became didn't. official he was like absolutely not it's because of harry is traumatized by what the media did to his mother 100 okay like that's really what it's all about you can't just expect people to uphold this thing anymore when it's not changing or evolving with how fucking how the way that people actually live exactly like it's not a standard to be to be held anymore it's not and they did and harry and megan quite frankly they didn't want to they don't want to bring their child children up in that world no but unfortunately history like did repeat itself even more with because diana had said when she was in like the worst of it with charles during their marriage like she definitely was depressed obviously and then some people say that she even had said that when she was pregnant with william she fell down the stairs. Right. Right. And she had said it was an accident, but then later said it was like one of multiple suicide attempts. Right. And this would happen again with Megan while she's pregnant with Archie. She's heavily pregnant with Archie. And she, they went to an event, her and Harry, and she's like, I, I, it was the end. Like, this it was is a it. I can't take it. And I don't want to live anymore. And they yep. refused her mental help messed up and so, so they would have done the same thing diana, for diana they did the same thing to diana they did uh megan's ring which is gorgeous also has two two diamond stones from diana's jewelry collection before we get into what really happened the aliens. i wanted to dive into this pop culture thing of <laughs> comparing <laughs> of comparing diana to britney spears this is like very yeah, uh, yeah this is so interesting Quinny. this parallel I love this so obviously Britney's very in the moment right now. We're all ha- we are a pro Britney podcast. We yes. are a free Britney podcast. Give the woman what she is due. Before this, long before this, long before we knew really the depths of what was happening to Britney Spears, 2009, Vanity Fair does this article that's like Britney and Diana, and they share some pretty amazing similarities. So Diana's the people's princess. Britney was the pop 
princess. They're both divorced mothers of two. They both come from dysfunctional families where Diana's mother left. Brittany's father was an alcoholic. Both struggled with self-esteem. Both had eating disorders. Both majorly complained of invasive paparazzi. Both of them wear or wore an auburn wig to disguise themselves. So like they wear the same shade of disguise wig, whatever. And they both loved astrology. And they both married dudes they barely knew. Like it just, it it goes on. Once you start doing it, you're like, wow. Like, oh yeah. They really, they share a lot because of the Free Britney movement, because of everything that we know now about her conservatorship, about like looking back at how that whole thing transpired. It's forced us to look at how relentless the media has been against these women and like how awful of a burden they have to bear because of that. And how the paparazzi like basically- perpetuated her downfall like she smashed out she shaved her head and smashed out the windows of a car because because everyone is following her 24 7 you know so like we're we're just starting to understand that now and britney herself just this past may on instagram did like a princess diana appreciation post where she called her a genius and she called her one of the most remarkable women to have ever graced the earth so it's just it's all come in full circle you know, like in Diana's lifetime, we didn't really get to talk about how these women are manipulated and how the media can drive someone like to the point of no return. It's they've like helped each other. That's so great. Yeah, it is. It's like a a bright spot in this. It's true though, because if you think about it in 2007, when Britney had the, you know, the hair shaving and the umbrella, whatever, all they're doing is just snapping photos, snapping photos. No one's offering her any help. No one is like, uh, this isn't normal. Like this is a mental breakdown. She needs help. Okay. No, they're just like, how long can we film her for? The paparazzi are sitting there taking photos while Diana is sitting there still alive. And they're not actually trying to help any of the victims. No, they're just photographing. They're just photographing it. Terrible accident, terrible tragedy. What we're going to do now is get into all of the conspiracy theories that's around this case. Little royal family conspiracies, Diana's death specific conspiracies. I love this stuff. I think this is the most, it's amazing to me what people will come up with. Number one, first conspiracy theory, Diana was pregnant when she died and she was Mm -hmm. assassinated Mm -hmm. because Dodi Fayed was a Muslim man. Yeah, this is what her father, this is what Dodi's father claims. And I don't think that the fact that Dodi was supposedly had bought an engagement ring that fucking day. Yep. That timing for me is too much, man. Yeah, he was apparently going to propose to her that night that they left the hotel and were going to his apartment. Second conspiracy theory, Diana was murdered on the order of Prince Philip. Ooh. Again, because she was pregnant. Third conspiracy theory, Quinny's the CIA the Central Intelligence Agency in America plotted to assassinate Diana because they heard she was going to announce her engagement to Dodi Fayed on September 1st, just like Carly is saying. They were tipped off and they killed her because they did not want the alliance between England and the Muslim world. I'm sorry. You really think that America's going to care that much like that these two happen to get engaged? 
the CIA is shady as shit. And they surrendered over over 400 documents yeah. about Princess Diana. If, the, in fact, they were the ones, they wouldn't have done it in such a public way. You know what I mean? They can make it look like an accident without having it to be like that public. That public. So we can dismiss personally, that. Fine. Personally. Fine, Carly. I'm we're just going mean... that, okay? I six? Next I one, Diana's driver was an informant for the Secret Service, Quinise, who wanted Diana dead because she knew too much. I'm sure nope. she knew some things. I'm sure she That knew. one is really but, very, very probable. Well, this is a good time to mention that in 2008, they did an inquest into the crash mm-hmm. and they found that the driver was grossly negligent mm-hmm. in that he was intoxicated. He was yeah. under the influence when he drove them. He has a lot to do with why the crash happened. It's just interesting to me that they put him as an informant, like someone carrying out a mission. I definitely can place blame on him. I don't necessarily think it was a premeditated blame. Some people say that Diana's life was not saved purposefully, not saved. They took her from the scene because people saw her alive, but they purposefully let her die because she was plotting a Muslim takeover of England. I'm thinking there's a lot of satanic panic situation going oh, on. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm mm-hmm. thinking. Yeah, um, and, exa- and also some racism, quite frankly. Yeah, so definitely. Lots of like, Definitely. Some yeah. fucking straight up racism. Because the royal family are aliens, which we're going to get into. They orchestrated Diana's death to harness sympathetic energy from the world in order to power their spacecrafts for thousands thousands of years to come into outer galaxies. Quinny, so remember Carly told us national holiday, Charles and Diana got married. The aliens noticed this, Quinny's, and they were like, look at all of this energy poured in to this woman. Everyone loves her. So they had to do it again. And this time they had to orchestrate a tragedy. Think about it. Diana's funeral watched by 2 billion people, wedding only 1 billion. Hear me out. Have you ever, have you ever watched Monsters, Inc.? <laughs> yes. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> as often as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. The movie has Proven positive enforcement is more powerful than negative. Laughter is better than screams, i.e. happiness is better than tragedy in a supernatural monster alien power source situation. Proven incontrovertibly. So just think about that. So we got to toss that one too, (laughs) which is unfortunate. The Royal Fam, they seem to be at the heart of a lot of these conspiracy theories. Like they specifically have something to do with it. Why would they have something to do with it, Quinnies? First conspiracy, the Queen and Philip are shape-shifting alien reptilians, Quinnies. This is a David Icke conspiracy. He says that the royal family at large (laughs) descends from a line of humans who mated with alien reptile creatures and are all members of the Illuminati. My grandmother would (laughs) believe this. My grandmother would say that that was true. That shit's true. My grandmother would be like (laughs) appalled. So appalled. Philip is full reptilian he's in this oh, he's, he's a full reptilian so he would be ordering the hit on diana because he is he's connected he's the reptilian conspiracy number two the queen <laughs> is a satanist cannibal carly oh, oh. now this one is this one freaks me out people say that children <laughs> go missing around elizabeth and philip okay that's interesting that's this interesting. is a thing oh, no There's no a thing. no 
because this is also a thing in the White House. You don't remember about the kids going missing? They were like on a field trip or yes, whatever. Yes, on a field and like, trip. They see the kids enter and they never see them leave. Trump era, okay? Oh my God, stop it, really? Also, possibly a reptilian something or other alien. Okay? You never know. You never this know. This is interesting. But this I is guess very interesting. kids go missing around Liz and Philip. I'm calling her Liz. Liz. Elizabeth and Philip. I, I like. I guess they went to Canada on a visit together, right. and a bunch of children immediately went missing from Canada. This is. I. I don't know, but he's looked I mean, this up. Okay, look, look this up Donna. that Queen Elizabeth makes kids disappear. Okay, or don't, or or don't look or it don't. up because it's really it's yeah, probably going to take disturbing. you to some dark corners of the internet. Okay, conspiracy number three: Charles is a vampire. Quinny's because he I is was directly waiting. related to Vlad the Impaler, aka Dracula, and all the royals have what's called porphyria, mm-hmm. which is an iron deficiency disease, and it makes you sensitive to sunlight. Quinny's okay, so they have an iron deficiency, so they might be thirsty for blood, and then they're sensitive to sunlight, so that they so it's just part like part of that condition. Oh, but so people like, say like vampires like Twilight. I like any theory that involves charles being a douche mongrel this one this one feeds my appetite i must say i was waiting for this vampire one i was excited to hear it (laughs) i don't completely discount it however in vampire lore and mythology throughout not even just twilight but all the vampires aren't vampires known for being extremely good looking he's well he's not like a he's not a true blood vampire he's a He's a, He's you a know, fucking, I just crawled yeah. out the sewer vampire. <laughs> Camilla's a fucking vampire too. Um, then I found one where they think Queen Victoria's grandson, Albert Victor, who we talked about, mm-hmm. was Jack the Ripper. <gasps> oh, Which I really yes. find to yes. be quite interesting. That's that a good one to look up. That's Number intriguing. five is that Meghan Markle is a robot. She was a wax figure made for Madame Tussauds <laughs> in London. When she was spotted by someone having something to do with the royal family and they bought her and then they brought her back to the king reptilian who engineered her into a functional human robot. Wow. Okay. This one's elaborate. So, well, here's the thing. I do recall seeing something on YouTube or whatever, like showing like the Madame Tussauds. Yes. Replica, and then showing footage of Megan just acting fucking <laughs> weird. <laughs> but to me, Megan Markle can do no wrong. So like, I don't even care if she is a fucking robot. Like, I don't even care. And then but... best for last. Okay, this is the last one I have and I love it so much. Oh Harry and Megan's wedding is part of a plot by Britain to gain control over America. This, I love this. I absolutely love this, okay? And people call it back to Dodie and Princess Diana because Dodie was involved in the film industry. Mm-hmm. And so right. that was the alliance that they were going to make so that they could yes. take over America. Right. And, but they didn't get to, they were cut off because this specific, they, they were trying to do this and the plot was foiled, basically resulting in her death. But now with Harry and Meghan, and especially with Harry breaking away from the British empire, they think that they're going to establish themselves as monarchs in the U.S., which is basically just Britain's going to come take the country back. If she's a robot, it's not going to work out too well. We don't know how deep this goes, Quinny. This could could go 
This could go all the way to the top. There was theories claiming that the royal family obviously ordered the assassination to prevent any further scandal related to Diana. And Mohammed Fayed publicly claimed that MI6 was behind the accident specifically, which is not far off base. So when they left the hotel, they were going to leave out the front, but they ended up leaving out the back because they saw that there were paparazzi there, obviously. And they had sent a decoy car to the front, right? right? Right. To try to get them off the tail. But obviously the paparazzi saw them in the car. It didn't work at all. In the actual inquest to look into, like who was to blame, if there was any gross negligence or whatever, they looked into the fact of like who decided for them to leave through the back door at the time they left and who who was driving the decoy and why they didn't do a good enough job to get the paparazzi away from the actual car. So they didn't find any merit behind this. Like they didn't really find much into it, but it was definitely something that they were looking into. Um, then there was the fact that neither Diana nor Dodie were wearing their seatbelts in the car. I have a hard time with this one because I know. To me, it's just like, oh. They just wore their fucking seatbelts. But then there's the note that Diana wrote. Less than a year before Diana's death, she wrote a note that says, quote, I am sitting here at my desk today in October of 1996. This particular phase in my life is the most dangerous. X is planning, quote, an accident in my car, brake failure, and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for Charles to marry. Because even though they had divorced, they still needed her actually to perish in order for Charles to officially move on and marry Camilla. So sketch. Okay. So, so, so extremely sketch. Like the note isn't saying, oh, I'm afraid for my life. She is saying specifically in her car, which granted it wasn't necessarily brake failure per se that was found to be the cause. What if X had a name and the version that we're seeing is just X? Absolutely. That's just, I mean, mean, if this were not this case, like if this were not this iconic case, we would all just be like, oh, they did it. Move on. Next thing. And the queen saying somebody must have greased the brake lines. What? And it does not add up. I would like to just give a couple notes on her legacy. So she's still fondly remembered as a patron of the United Kingdom's National AIDS Trust. And she has, there are many initiatives in that organization that are still named in her honor. And she's also credited with effectively modernizing the royal family with their relations to the British public. They were the most standoffish, above, untouchable, unrelatable family. You could, I mean, I know they are a family, but like, it's really quote unquote family Mm -hmm. before Diana came along. Like they, like the reason that they are in such good standing with the public to this day is all thanks to her. And they did her so dirty for so many years in so many different ways. London has celebrated her life with the Memorial Fountain in Hyde Park and um, there's a Memorial Playground and then the statue that they just unveiled this past summer. Yeah, that's beautiful. Diana's grandchildren are now Camilla's grandchildren. I know, that's infuriating. It's really infuriating. Can you imagine how good she would be with those babies? How much fun she would be having? It's an endless betrayal. It is. Yeah, it is. Even in her death. Amazing woman, you know, cut off 
in her prime. It's really hard to understand how Queen Elizabeth can be 95. This woman who had so much to offer loses her life in the most senseless possible way. Like in a way that truly, when you really look at it, does not make any sense. What's the lesson that we can take away from the story of this amazing woman? Straight up evil doesn't have to be one person being evil. No. No. It can be the damage and result of a lot of people doing small things that are selfish or inconsiderate. Diana's life is a primary example of that. Well said. Totally agree. Listen to Straight Up Evil.